Hello, friends and family and neighbors all over the world. Love you so much already. You need to know you're not alone today. We've got some friends in the room as well. All of our friends are here, and they are amazing and wonderful. You, too, are amazing and wonderful, and I'm excited about today. I don't know where you are around the globe, but I know God loves you and cares for you so much. You also need to know this. I did not dress myself, okay? Take a look, okay? This is, y'all, my wife did this to me. You're probably wearing slippers right now. So am I. <laughs> look, look at this. Look, 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 look. These. One friend here said I look like JJ from Good Times. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. Um, I like to think I'm like the, an NBA player, you know, because right now they're wearing outfits like that. Um, but I know I'm not an NBA player. <laughs> I know, I feel like my wife, who's amazing and wonderful, and I love her so much, okay? She's my best friend. Matter of fact, let's put a picture of my wife right here. Okay, there's a picture of my wife. Um, you, she's amazing and wonderful, but I'm convinced she giggles after she dresses me and I leave the house. She's like, <laughs> Got him. Uh, so, so, but, but I'm doing it. I'm just going to wear it, uh, and we're going to have a fun time today. If your heart is a little bit open today, awesome. And if it's wide open, that's great, too, because all God really needs is a tiny little crack to do something significant in all of our lives. Uh, I've been uh, studying a passage of Scripture, uh, John chapter 1, and I actually was trying to uh, memorize a lot of it. So I, I got, I've gotten a lot of verses down. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And then it says this in verse number four. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Today is a day of life and light. But we don't just think life and light in some abstract terms. We believe life and light equal Jesus. It, it, it is a person, not a thing. Jesus is the light and the life. So no matter where you are on your spiritual journey today, we're trusting that the light and the life of Jesus, his person, is going to fill you, connect with you, interact with you, and help you become who you've been called to be. For those of you at home who might be taking notes right now, I know our friends in the room are the title of today's special <laughs> I like that, is lions and tigers and bears. Lions and tigers and bears. Uh, we have been in our house doing something dumb, okay? And when I say we, it's not really all of us. We've got three great kids, my wife and I. Uh, Parker, our oldest, Grayson, our middle, and Elle, our, our little girl. And Grayson and I, I don't know how this started, but we started a game where we walk up behind the person when they don't, when they least expect it, and we slap them in the back as hard as we possibly can, okay? So this is the game. You just walk up, you're like, hey, I'm like, hey, Grayson, how you doing? Boom! I mean, I just slap him in the middle, in that middle part of his back right there. I think he started it, okay? 
But now this thing is going in our house and it has created a level of anxiety in our home that I am not excited about. All right, everywhere, every time you're walking around a corner or anytime my son is walking towards me, I'm like this. He's like this. You, you, don't, you don't want anybody to hit you ever. And I almost came out of my slippers. You, you can you just always, you don't want anybody to hit you. We brought in Parker. Now, the ladies in the house are not involved in this at all, okay? There is no slapping mom's back. There is no slapping L's back, okay? So the girls are off limits. But Parker, he's gotten into the mix a little bit. He's not enjoying this. But, but Grayson and I, it's been pretty consistent. And I feel like this is a picture of this day and age we're living in. It's like, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> Are they my friend? Are they not my friend? who they vote for? Uh, what do they think about the vaccine? Uh, where, where are we going? What are we doing? Who would... And there's all this angst. This is not just in the U.S. and not just in Guatemala. This is all over the world. We got friends in Australia, in Europe. We've got friends in, on, on the continent of Africa. We've got friends all over the place that are feeling this sense of just angst and who's about to hit me? Who's about to slap my, my back? Uh, our beautiful church family, our community, you know, is filled with people from all different backgrounds and lie, you know, they've, they've experienced so much, so many different aspects of life and and sometimes I can just feel like, God, here you've given us this beautiful potpourri of people. So all I know is to keep on talking about Jesus and his life and his light and opening up the Bible and pointing people uh, to, to the word of God. Because really outside of that, man, you never know when you're going to get slapped. I know people are feeling this in their marriages and teenagers are feeling this and college students in school and no matter where you are, if your English is your first language or your second language, or maybe Spanish is your primary language, wherever you are in the world, we, 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 felt, we felt this. Uh, we have got a campus in Antigua, and, um, and our campus pastor down there, Nate Louder, was telling me when, when the COVID restrictions were really hard down there, uh, really, really stringent, they were, they, had, they were told you could only get a certain number of eggs. So we had to go to multiple stores to get, you know, a dozen eggs. So you go to one store, and there's a line, and you get a couple eggs. Then you got to walk to another store and stand in line to get a couple eggs. And the anxiety of that, people that have lost loved ones, friends that have been in the hospital that we can't go visit, I mean, we thought 2020 was all done. It was over. We're like, yes, 2021, yeah. Then we're like, oh, shoot. No, what, Omicron? What? What is going on here? What is happening? Why is this still cascading? Why are we still carrying all of this stuff? Why are we still fighting all these battles? It's like lions and tigers and bears all around us. We're like, you don't want to get hit. Uh, I had some friends. They, uh, th their parents moved uh, to Alaska, and, and they said every time their parents leave their house, every time, they always leave with a gun. Every time, because of bears. I forgot my keys. It's like, oh, man, where are my keys? Oh, okay, I need my keys. I run back in the house get the keys. I never left the house. I'm like, 
Where's my nine millimeter? You know, where, 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 where's my shotgun? I, I've never thought that. But they have to live with that type of intensity because, uh, because of the space, the part of the world they are in. If they don't carry a gun, they could be attacked by a bear. And there's so many of us that are living on edge like that. So what is... What does God have to say about that? What, what, does, what does the Bible have to yeah. say about that? Does, does the light and the life that we were talking about earlier, this beautiful Savior, this man named Jesus, does he have anything to say about this? Mm-hmm. I think he does. Um, pass my Bible here for a second, my friend. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. If you're unfamiliar uh, with the Bible, uh, I, I want to encourage you to, to grab one and just start reading. And I honestly think you could read anywhere because this book is still alive. Like the author is always present every time you're reading it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Even though. I I saw those words. I, I, I saw those words, even though, and it... They jumped off the page at me. So like, uh, I will feel no evil even though I'm walking through the darkest valley. Because we all know if you're walking through a dark valley, it makes sense to fear. None of us would think that's weird to fear if you're walking through a dark valley. If you're walking through a dark alley, you would, you would, it would make sense. Wait, where are we at? How did I end up here? If your Waze app has ever taken you through the hood, you know, you're driving. You're like, oh, man, I'm trying to go see my friends. You're like, oh, my gosh, because Waze will take you through a shortcut real quick. And you're like, okay. I didn't know I was going to be here. And lock the windows and say, hey, everybody, you know, let me get on out of here. You find yourself in a space sometimes. You're like, Whoa, it makes sense to fear. And the writer here, the psalmist says, even though I'm in the darkest valley, I'm not going to fear. Saying the valley is real, but the the fear seems to be a choice. I, I seem to have the option of whether or not I'm going to fear. But, but for us in our society, in the world that we live in, all of us, we all default to fear. Like fear is just understood. It's like, no, that's expected. Why, why would you do anything else but fear? You're in a dark valley. Uh, when I was in college, I remember one weekend, we went and did some crazy stuff, and uh, we went and started jumping off cliffs. Okay, jumping off cliffs into, into the lake, okay? I'd never done this in my entire life. And here I am, uh, one of the only brothers out there, and we're out here jumping off in the cliffs. Now, who does this? I don't know why this became a thing, but it is a thing, okay? So you're on the cliff, and you're standing there, and you just jump. Woo! 
and you land in the water, and then you're supposed to do it over and over and over again, okay? So we're at, I think it's Lake Tenkiller or something like that, which is a terrible name to be jumping off of cliffs. Uh, but there we are anyway in uh, this, this, at, at this lake, and we're jumping off the cliffs. And I remember, I mean, I'm afraid. I'm up there, I'm like, oh my goodness, because even 10 feet, that's high when you're on a cliff. You start getting to 20, 30 feet. It doesn't look, you're on the ground, you're like, no, it ain't nothing. You get up there, you're like, oh, this is something. So I'm looking, I'm ready to jump. But there are some people, they didn't pause at all. They saw that cliff. I mean, they're just, they're just jumping off. Spinning, they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. No fear whatsoever. <laughs> same cliff, same height. So, so obviously, it's not the cliff itself. It's not the cliff that the fear is wrapped up in. It's in how I saw the cliff. I'd like to submit that, that fear doesn't come from the obstacle. Fear actually comes from how I see the obstacle. It's not, it's not a predetermined outcome that I have to fear because I'm in a dark valley. Or I have to fear because I'm on a cliff. It is, it is not the obstacle, but how I see the obstacle. Now, I uh, was talking about lions, tigers, and bears earlier. You probably have seen some Instagram videos uh, like this, and you've seen uh, people that, are, that hang out with lions. And they're like, you know, wrestling with lions. And like, uh, not, not, not little baby lions, not cubs, you know? No, it's like real, like, Mufasa, you know, lions. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, Simba's, he's grown up now, and here you are just <laughs> playing with a lion, okay? And you can see these people, and you're like, that is crazy. I would never do that. But what if you were raised around lions? What if your whole life, from the time you were born, your father or your mother or your, aunt, your uncle or your grandparents had you around lions? And you always played with lions. Now, I think that's crazy. But if you've grown up with lions, you might think it's crazy that I'm afraid of them because you've been around them so much. I think we are in a society where people are so risk averse, they're so afraid of so many things. It has become the norm for us to assume fear is the only logical option because we have been conditioned to believe that. I'm not trying to put any shame or any guilt on any of us. I'm human just like all of us. Again, I'm not trying to play with any lions. I'm not trying to jump off any cliffs. But I also want to say there are people out there that have no problems with cliffs and have no problems with lions. So for me to call them crazy, I think I need to pause for a second and say, why am I calling them crazy? Why am I not the crazy one? Because he says, even though I'm in the darkest valley, you're with me. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. Here the writer is writing this song. 
saying, you're with me. You ever, have you heard that little TikTok uh, video, that little song, you know, can we skip to the good part? You know, one, two, three, four. Can we skip to the good part? You know, I, I, you like that. You, you see people, they're like in their bed, they're hanging out, but can we skip to the good part? Then all of a sudden, like they're on the beach, you know, it just kind of goes from here to there so quick, you know, I'm in the cold. Can we skip to the good part? Then like step on the camera or something like that. And all of a sudden they show up and they're on the beach somewhere, you know, their clothes have changed or in their bathing suit. Can we skip to the good part? We all want to skip to the good part. I get that. I want that. You want that. And here, let me tell you the good part. The good part here is you are with me. And it's not that you, not, not just you, not just your spouse, not just your friend, not just your cat or your dog or your tortoise, not just the, the people that are around you. I also want to say that the God of heaven is with you and his name is Jesus. And the writer here says, I don't have to fear, even though, even though I'm facing cancer, even though I am facing debt, even though though I am facing loss, even though I am facing these problems, even though these obstacles are right in front of me, even though everything around me is telling me to run and to quit, even though all of that is happening, I will fear no evil because you are with me. This is the promise. This is the good part. You are with me. I was wondering, is Jesus being with me enough? You know, just honestly, is, is it enough? Uh, man, you know when you're single and married people are like, hey, Jesus is enough. And you're like, shut up. <laughs> you want to be married, you, and you got married people telling you as a single person, and they, you know, they got biceps and triceps that they're going to bed with, and here they are telling you that it's, it's fine. The Lord is enough. <laughs> or you're waiting for something, saving up to buy a home or a car or saving up for school, and you, before you know it, you, you found yourself just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. When am I going to get the promotion? When are we going to get out of this rat race? When are we going to get an investment property? When is this stock that I invested in going to turn to something? I bought dinar a long time ago. What's happening with that? <laughs> I've got this cryptocurrency that no one's ever heard of. Uh, this thing is going to turn out big. You're, just, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And then someone says, Jesus is enough. Jesus, he's enough. And you want to believe it, but it's just, it's, it's hard. The, the society tells you, no, he's not. He's not enough. He's not enough to take away your sins. He's not enough to take away your shame. You, you're going to have to work on that yourself. He's not enough to take away your guilt. He's not enough to take away your condemnation. You're going to have to work on that yourself. That's what society will tell us. But then Jesus still here saying, no, I'm enough. And the psalmist here, at least in this moment when he's writing, he says, you being with me, that's enough. 
I like that it says it's the darkest valley because a little bit earlier, remember that the verses I was memorizing in John chapter one, uh, John chapter one, verse number five, uh, it, it talks about how, how um, that the darkness will not overcome him. Like he's the light and the darkness will not overcome him. So now the psalmist seems to know something and John knows something about this savior that even though I'm in this dark spot, what is it that they know that I have not yet sink into my heart quite yet? Well, what is it that they understand that I have not allowed my brain and my heart to quite understand? Why is it I keep on allowing society and my situations to talk me out of what God's word says? I just, I, 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 I want to say it like this. The world has given us all permission to fear. I mean, just carte blanche. You got a license. Go for it. You got a blank check. Go ahead and make withdrawals on fear as much much as you want to. You can have a buffet of fear. You can be afraid of everything and anything at all times. You have full permission to fear. You have full permission to be afraid that something's going to happen to your new baby. You got full permission to be afraid that something's going to happen to your new company. You got full permission to fear that somebody's going to stab you in the back. You got full permission to fear that you're going to die early. You got full permission to fear that your, your life is going to end terribly. You got full permission to fear that your marriage is not going to work out. You got full permission to fear that you'll be single forever. You got full permission to fear that you're going to fail all your classes. You got full permission to fear that that anxiety or that cancer or that asthma or that disease is going to torment you for the rest of your life. You got full permission. Go right ahead. Fear as much as you want to. Drink it up. Get drunk in fear. Go ahead and bathe in fear. Go ahead and get dressed in fear. Go ahead. Do it for the rest of your life. It is fine. That is what the world tells all of us. And then we have our Savior Jesus saying, no, no, no. Keep showing up saying, uh, don't fear. Fear not. I know where you are. I know the darkest valley you're in. I, I, I know it. I'm with you. I'm in it. Like I'm in it with you right now. Like in this exact moment, I'm in it with you. The Bible says it like this in Psalm when you keep on reading. You prepare a table before me in the very presence of my enemy. The table is prepared in the presence of the enemy. I don't know about you, but I tend to focus on my enemy. Why wouldn't I? There to steal, kill, and destroy. There to take me out. That'll hurt my kids, hurt my marriage, hurt my family, hurt my church, hurt my life, hurt my community. I got all the, it makes sense. Focus on that enemy. Where, where is he? What's he doing? What's, what's happening? What's his strategy? Focus on the enemy. Focus on the enemy. Focus on the enemy. But I'm reading this psalm, and I think instead of focusing on the enemy, I ought to be looking for the table. Why, why don't I look for the table? 
Why is my natural inclination to keep my eyes on my enemy? Why is my natural inclination not to look for the table? Because the Bible never makes the promise we won't have the problems and we won't have the pains and we won't have the issues. It never says that. It just says there'll be a table. I got, I'm on a group text with, with, with some friends, some guys I've known for, gosh, 20 years. And, and, and we're talking about a bunch of different things. And one of our friends uh, on there just lost a family member uh, to, to COVID tragically. I mean, just young lady. It was too quick. Uh, you know, wasn't sick. And all of a sudden gets COVID. And then, you know, she's not, she was here. And now she's not here. And now there's a funeral. And this, the heartache that comes with that. It's an enemy. I just want to encourage him and anyone like him. Where's the table? There's a table. Like somewhere in the midst of it might be, there's a table. Maybe the table is just this group text. So he knows there's some brothers that can't take away the pain but we will walk with him through the pain. Maybe that's the table. Maybe some of us have left church and left community and left relationships because all we could see was the enemy. But we didn't see the table. We didn't see the table. I'm praying that God opens our eyes up to the table. I'm praying that we see the table. I'm praying... That somehow, some way, I know our society and our world and the news and so many different things are trying to tell us about all the enemies that are around us. And I'm just praying that somehow God in his grace and his mercy would bring us back to his power and his will and his majesty. And we would find the table. He says, I prepare, a, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I don't think this is some small little rinky dink table. I think it's a table like my wife sets up at Thanksgiving. I mean, she goes all out. If you don't know what Thanksgiving is, it's an American holiday and we just eat way too much. Okay. So we, we set a table. She sets a table. It is beautiful. And the crystal and the candles and the dinner plates and the napkins, the table is set beautifully. It is a feast upon feast upon feast. And I just feel like I want to be, I want to be feast focused and not fear focused. I, I, I want to be the type of person, the type of man that can sit in the midst of chaos and understand that God has prepared a table for before me and he did this just because he loves me. Not because I'm good, but because he's good. Not because I earned it, but because he wanted to give it to me. Not because I'm so awesome. It's not, I'm not awesome. He's awesome and he's gracious and he's kind and keeps extending his mercy and his kindness to every single one of us so he decided hey sit down son I got this sit down daughter I've got this sit down I've got this I will make you lie down if I need to in green pastures but if you will sit at this table I've got a feast for you and you and I have our minds all on the fear I'm just praying we can get our minds more on the feast Wherever, uh, I think I heard a friend of mine say it like this, wherever um, you sit, wherever your mind is set has everything to do with your mindset. Mm. 
comes from Colossians chapter 3 when he says, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated. Where have you set your mind? Like, where'd you put it? Like, if you put your keys on the shelf, that's where you've set your keys. Where have we set our minds? Where have we set our hearts? Because wherever you set it has everything to do with your mindset. And verse number six, getting towards the end of this psalm, he says, surely, surely, goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. Surely, goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. Playing that game with Grayson, the back slap game, <laughs> and feeling like that's happening in society, I'm very aware about what, about, about what may hit me in the back and hurt me in the back. But I wonder if I could start looking for the goodness and the love that aren't trying to slap me, but I think might be trying to tap me, <laughs> saying, hey, hey, we're here. He's here. But I'm so preoccupied with all the trappings and the foolishness and the difficulty and the pain, the very real pain of this world, that I don't even feel at times the goodness and the love saying, Psst. just so you know, you're good. I've got you. I've got you. I don't know what you're carrying today. I don't know where you are in your personal life, in your financial life, in your, with your business, with your family. I, I don't know all the details, but what I do know is God is for you and he loves you and he knows you by name. And I think that today was for you, just like it was for me, for all of us to get our eyes off of the darkness and to get our eyes on the light and the life and his name is Jesus. If you're a teenager or you're in your 20s or you're in your 70s, single or married, for a moment, would you mind just bowing your head? I, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God's grace. Give you an opportunity to turn from your own way and to go Jesus' way. Give you a chance to get your eyes off of yourself and to put your eyes on him. If you're listening or you're watching right now and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one. Maybe you haven't been to church in years and maybe somehow you stumbled on this talk today, this message, and you don't even know how you got here, but you know this was for you. I need you to know the God of heaven, he's the one that made you. He's the one that has formed you. He knows everything that you've walked through. And today was a table that he was setting up for you. And he's saying, son, daughter, come on home and eat. 
feast. But it starts with you giving me your heart. If that's you and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, or at one point in time you did, you slipped away, you've gone another direction, and today you're saying you don't want to go your own way, you want to go his way. I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something bold. I just want you to put your hand over your heart. I just want you to put your hand over your heart. It's a sign of you saying you don't want your heart to be in your own hands. You want your heart to be in his hands. You, you don't want to go your own way. You want to go his way. And I want to lead you in this prayer. prayer. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Today is a new day. My life is in your hands, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ah, we all celebrate. Y'all can clap your hands, too. We celebrate what God is doing in your life right now.